Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. And the whole congregation ought to respond, Yebo. It means Amen. Uh, it simply means I greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a greeting in our KwaZulu Natal Zulu speaking churches, which encompasses the rainbow nation that I am part of. The person that is providentially addressing you tonight is a product of the faithfulness of God in sending faithful and obedient missionaries from a town in Cumber in the city of Belfast to South Africa 46 years ago. The irony of the situation is that this missionary couple were prompted by the Holy Spirit to leave their country and to go to South Africa whilst attending the Bango Missionary Convention three years earlier. And the Lord paved the way for me to be here to share this testimony with you tonight. And I am so, so grateful. I married Evelyn, my wife, in 1985. And two daughters came out of this relationship. Amy, who is now 27, and Janine, 25. And Janine is with me today. I have been widowed in March this year. My wife, my dear wife, is with the Lord rejoicing in the presence of our Lord and our Savior, whom she worshipped and adored. She died of cancer. Raj was born in a Hindu home, serving the triad gods of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, via a little shrine in one corner of the room. I was the sixth of seven siblings when my dad, a famous South African Indian goalkeeper, went missing, whilst the seventh sibling, my brother, was still waiting to be born. My mom single-handedly raised seven children under very trying circumstances. It did not get better. My first and second born brothers joined a musical band where they experimented with drugs. Both of them ended up institutionalized in a sanatorium. My mom being an ardent believer in Hindu and African mystics spent a 
great deal of money looking for a divine healer to heal her sons. The entire family were caught up in the spurious game of these charlatans, inhaling smoke at midnight, drinking a concoction of liquids mixed with bitter herbs and the Lord knows what. The next morning, all those children, including myself, had to vomit whatever we had drunk so that the evil spirits will not affect us. No healing took place. No rest. No peace. In my teenage years, I joined the Krishna consciousness movement and served the deities by singing and chanting the hymns and songs of the demigods. We were taught the story of Krishna from the Bhagavad Gita, which is the Hindu holy scriptures. Still, there was a restlessness within my soul. I engaged in teaching children to sing the bhajans and gradually took on a priestly duty in the home. It was my responsibility to light the lamp and pray to the dead spirits, seeking their protection over our lives and praying to the gods for success and good fortune. Life brought on new challenges. When my devotee friend became my worst enemy and subsequently my mom met with a motor vehicle accident. She came back from hospital with a plastered head, a broken leg, and a burning heart, which popped the question, I want to become a Christian. My thoughts were that she must have bumped her head too hard on the pavement to even think of such a thing. I later found out that it was my uncle, an alcoholic Hindu, who was converted to Christ, took the opportunity, went to the hospital, and started sharing about Jesus with her. Now, she didn't come to Christ immediately because of yours truly, who is addressing you tonight. The Lord, our, our heaven, had a way had his way in dealing with this. When he sent missionaries, Reverend and Mrs. Farr, to pray for my mom, still God had to deal with my stubborn heart and my pride. It took a converted Hindu priest to visit my home and convince me that Jesus is the only way the truth, and the life. And he was converted as a result of a young girl walking in the rain, knocked on the door, and gave him a tract. And as he opened the tract and read it, he was convicted and converted. This is the man now visiting my home. He invited me to church, and after visiting the church and receiving my first Bible, I prayed that God would reveal himself to me. I said, Lord, the preacher said you are the only way to heaven. 
If you are the true God, then reveal yourself to me tonight. If you do not reveal yourself and do not make yourself real to me, then I'm not going to worship any gods. I will just become an agnostic. You know, God is an awesome God. And at that moment, as I prayed that prayer, I felt the Lord remove years and years of bitterness from my heart. He filled my soul with the light of his countenance. And the darkness that was there lifted from the pit of my soul. I then felt a flood of warm tears flowing down my face. I knew then that the Lord had answered my prayer. And I went to my mom, who was in the kitchen, cooking a wonderful Eastern cuisine, which you would have loved had I had it here. And told her, I am not lighting the lamp anymore. She asked me why. I told her that the Lord had answered my prayer. I believe I'm a Christian. The preacher asked me to pray to Jesus. I've done so and this is what happened to me. And she smiled and told me to follow my heart. And the Bible verse that gripped my heart was John 3.16, believe it or not. It is, a, it is still a powerful verse that even children can quote. But it was not John 3.16 that simply sparked my heart. It is the verses that follow John 3.16. People don't know John 3.17 and John 3.18. And it says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned. But whoever does not believe in Jesus stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And this opened the door, friends, for my mom to be saved. No sooner than that door was opened, the missionaries, the Fars, were back again in my home explaining the gospel and prayed for my mom who was possessed by evil spirits. My mom was delivered from sin and the devil. My sister told me I will never enter a church. I was born a Hindu and I will die a Hindu. I want my husband to place the red dot on my forehead and the yellow starry string around my neck to symbolize marriage. The sister said that I was born a Hindu and I would die a Hindu is now following Jesus. The Fars became my spiritual mentors. I moved from the then church that I was attending to the Church of England in South Africa, which is now operating as a Reformed Evangelical Anglican Church of South Africa. Now, the name Caesar 
Church of England in South Africa presented many problems with evangelism. And hence, we decided after many, many years thinking about it, to change it to the Reformed Evangelical Anglican Church of South Africa. Friends, my theology was shaped by the Fars. My grounding in the word has come about in studying at the Bible Institute of South Africa and then going on to George Whitfield College, which is now our denominational college. I've been ordained as a deacon and then as a presbyter and have served the local church in Newlands in Durban, planted by the Fars for the past 23 years. Five years ago, the denomination consecrated me as the Bishop of KZN, where there are 10.3 million people, and I serve 68 churches. 38 of the 68 churches are in townships and the rural KZN, which is KwaZulu-Natal. The greatest need is for more training and trained men. Friends, the ministers that are available have lay speakers or preachers. One church, one minister is in charge of 11 churches. And it's difficult. And we know that it's not easy as they preach in those rural areas uh, where the poverty level is quite great and to try and find the men and raise them and to send them to college and train them is not an easy task, but we are doing that. Our college is admitting more and more of these men. But who is Rich Essay? Well, the first Church of England church in South Africa was opened in 1814 in Simonstown, in Cape Town. And we are made up of approximately 150 churches and 130 ordained clergy, as well as a number of full-time students, youth, women, and children's workers. Now, the best way to sum up who we are as a denomination is by helping you with 10 distinctives. What are our distinctives? Well, we are a word-centered church. Our motto is God's word above all things. And the Bible occupies a central place in our denomination. Secondly, we are a missional church. What does that mean? It is our aim to take the gospel to every man's front door and to bring all people under the instruction and lordship of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, we are an evangelical church. In the words of Bishop J.C. Ryan, we are evangelical because of the absolute supremacy we assign to Holy Scripture, the depth and prominence we assign to the doctrine of human sinfulness and corruption the paramount importance we attach to the work and office of our Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation he has wrought for mankind, the high place which we assign to the inward work of the Holy Spirit in the heart of man and the importance we place on the outward and visible work of the Holy Spirit, Spirit manifested in the life, conduct, and behavior of the believer in overcoming the world 
the flesh and the devil. These are the words of Bishop J.C. Ryan. Fourthly, we are a Protestant church. What does that mean? While we believe in scripture alone, justification by faith alone, and the universal priesthood of all believers, we are a reformed church. The Church of England in South Africa is reformed in that it embraces and articulates these great biblical insights taught by Luther, Calvin, and other reformers. We are a creedal or confessional church. We uphold the 39 articles of faith as the true doctrine of the, of the church agreeing with God's word and as, as authoritative for Anglicans today. We are a covenantal church. We are an Episcopal church that means we recognize that God has called and gifted bishops, presbyters, and deacons to equip the people of God for their ministry in the word. The ministry, friends, is what we are called to in preaching God's word. The ministry of women in the church is vital, but it does not require them to be ordained as presbyters or bishops. The proposal to admit women to presbyters or bishops would be a denial of the headship of the man as taught by the New Testament. We are a liturgical church. and practice, that means that each service must be congregational and include five elements. And that is, friends, what is recorded for us in the 1662 prayer book. We are an Anglican church. And since the drawing up of its constitution, we remain in fellowship with Anglicans all around the world. Now, let me conclude by saying, true Anglicanism provides a biblical, historical, and theolog theological anchoring that many Christians seek. It allows us to root our convictions in the riches and the traditions of the Christian faith. But as I end, Denominations are certainly not the answer to the world's ills, nor are they our last and only hope. But a, but, a, but a denominational structure can be a valuable tool for the church in a mission. A healthy denomination ultimately gives us strength. It's a home and not a prison. It allows us to share specific theological convictions, share resources and practices, expressions of ministry relevant to our particular work. And John Stott sums it up all. First and foremost, by God's sheer mercy, I am a Christian seeking to follow Jesus Christ. And may I send out an appeal from our own heart as I say this primarily at the heart of our ministry is the gospel and secondarily out of this gospel there is an overflow of mercy ministry that engages with the needs of the world. May God help you and may God help me to bring many, many souls to Jesus Christ. And ultimately, it is about his glory 
and it is about his name that needs to be proclaimed. May God bless you, may God sustain you, and may God speak to your own heart today, maybe one or two of you, or maybe a whole lot of you that are thinking about your life. And perhaps God will convict you as he has convicted me to go and share this blessed word to a dying world. God bless you. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.